This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno. Welcome one and all to a brand spanking new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, seasonally depressed, hot mess of a host, Lorenzo Van Rumpf, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. There is no place I'd rather be than right here with my low lifers. Ah, I feel so good to be here. I am tardy for the party. Thank you for your patience. Lo siento, my beautiful low lifers. This episode's coming out late, and I hate that it comes out late. I want to make sure I get episodes out to you every single Thursday. I hoped to be able to record earlier this week. This week was so freaking intense. Wasn't happening. I really wanted it to, and I didn't realize how busy this week was going to be until I was in the thick of it. I knew I had to be prepared, but wow, <laughs> this week, it was a lot. It felt very Britney conservatorship vibes. Like I had to have time scheduled for me to bathe. Lo, you have from 9 to 9.15 to bathe. Like My business manager was just boom, boom, boom. I had appointments, commercial shoots, editorial styling, press junkets, red carpet events, just so much happening. I don't take myself too seriously because, I mean, it's just fashion. I'm not saving lives here. It should be fun. I love what I do. I understand, though, it could be stressful at times. And to other people, it is life or death. <laughs> so, so the emails that I was getting with the subject line in all caps, like urgent response needed, you know, we need low to style this or that or whatever. Oh, low needs to fly out to friggin' a press junket and then fly back and, you know, style another client. And anyway, it's all done. I could exhale now. And I'm not going to complain about it because as a stylist, I understand that the fashion world freaking shut down for what, two years during the pandemic? I wasn't working at all. So as a stylist, an entrepreneur with my own business, I'm grateful to have work right now. And I know I have to sacrifice a bit of my mental health. Unfortunately, I wasn't eating great. I wasn't really sleeping much at all. I was just go, go, go. But I understand that like I have to do that right now because as a business owner, I know July and August are much slower months for me. Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, whatever the time of year is, especially right now, a lot of people are traveling again. And so July and August are just slower months for the styling world. And so I know my clients are going on vacation. People are wanting to travel, especially right now. And so this last two weeks of like such intense work, oh, I'm happy to have it. And I'm storing those paychecks like a little squirrel with his nuts, (laughs) storing it up because I know I have to plan ahead for a slower Uh, July and August. And then end of August, early September, boom, it starts again and it's game time. It's award season and it's super busy all over again. But I, again, I just have to prepare, especially when I know other people are relying on me, you know, paying my business manager or my assistant, making sure I can give money to my interns. Like, yeah, I don't want to let those people down either. And so, yeah, sometimes you got to just suck it up and, and work your ass off. Get your fucking ass up and work. And so that's exactly what I did. And uh, I'm just happy to be here now, though. (laughs) I'm so happy to just exhale and be here with my lowlifers today. Thank you for waiting for this episode. I promise you it is worth the wait. We got a great episode coming in hot for you today. Oh, and it's beautiful outside. The bees are buzzing. The birds are chirping. The gays are twerking. It's Pride Month, puta. All my fellow alphabet people, my LGBTQIA kings and queens, 
just know you are so loved and you are so seen. Every month should be Pride Month, in my opinion. Who doesn't love a rainbow, right? Come on now. Every day is pretty much Pride Month here at the Low Life Podcast. This is a safe place. I want you to love whoever you want to love. And if you're listening to this right now and you're someone who doesn't support gay marriage or you're someone who knows a person who doesn't support it, you know the people who don't agree with that particular lifestyle? Well, I'm here to give you the exclusive, boo-boo, just speaking from firsthand experience. I'm going to let you know that I didn't make the choice to be gay. It's not like going vegan or trying keto. Just like you didn't make the choice to be straight, God made the choice for both of us. And according to most believers out there, God doesn't make mistakes. So he or she or whoever the hell you believe God to be made me this way, regardless of what the Bible says. I mean, everything is up for our own interpretation. The Bible, the images we create from sacred word are up for interpretation, hence the hundreds of different religions out there. Just like I don't believe Jesus was the six one tall, light-skinned guy with beach-wavy hair, dewy skin, crystal blue eyes who looked like he grew up surfing in Newport Beach. <laughs> no. That guy was named Brody at my high school, and his parents were loaded, and he loved doing blow, and he just so happened to look like commercial, capitalism-style Jesus. We, as humans, can interpret the spoken word to be anything we want it to be, whether it be in a very loving way or hateful towards people that are different from us. Hell, I'm just going to say it. What if we discovered unreleased hidden scripture revealing that Jesus Cristo was gay? (laughs) Curveball to throw out there to the homophobes listening. Strike me down with lightning. Go ahead and burn me at the stake like a witch. I'm just throwing out a hypothetical right now. Because if you thought about it for just two seconds, that maybe Jesus could be gay with all them cute disciples. Well, then I'm sure if you thought about it that way, you would be a hell of a lot more accepting when your son, daughter, or a loved one comes out as gay to you. We are all made in the image and likeness of God if that's what you choose to believe in. No matter what the color of your skin is or who you're attracted to, who you fall in love with, you're made that way for a reason. You aren't a mistake. This isn't a choice. You are perfect. You are beautiful just the way you are. Oh, it just kills me to know there are people out there feeling less worthy as a human because of their sexuality. Like, what? I felt like that for years. I felt like I wasn't worthy. I felt like there was something wrong with me. Oh, and I hated myself for a really long time. So if I could help somebody out there who could be going through that right now, or you know somebody going through that, please recommend this podcast to them and let them know that they are not alone. They are worthy. And yeah, I just want to be able to help somebody that could possibly be dealing with that because it is painful. It's not fun. Oh, it sucks. So months like this, the month of June, the month of, you know, Pride Month, it's it's really special because it just kind of reminds us to love who we are and be comfortable and confident in your own skin. And if you ever doubt your confidence or don't feel good in your own skin, please just go to your local Pride Fest, go to your local Pride Parade. Oh, you will see people living their best lives wearing whatever the hell they want to wear, being exactly whoever they want to be. It's very freeing. It's oh, it's incredible. And speaking of gay pride, speaking of the gays, let's talk about gay queen, the gayest queen of them all. I'm talking about Miss Britney Spears. It's Britney, bitch. She got married, y'all. Britney Lynn Spears is married. Oh, I'm so happy for her. I'm happy because Britney, who was living in a literal cage in that conservatorship, my God, her dad... 
you know, her mom, her whole family was living off her. It was just terrible. So the fact that now she could do something that she would have never in a million years been allowed to do, get married. It's so freeing. So good for her. She married Sam Hagasari, or I don't know how you say his last name, but he's a backup dancer for her. He's super hot. Brittany's happy. She wore a beautiful custom-made Versace gown to the wedding. I was surprised that she got married in Calabasas at her home, only because that home has been like a prison, a very glamorous prison for her, but pretty much a jail cell for her. She wasn't really allowed to leave unless she got authorization from her dad, even to go to like a grocery store. She was just kept there, highly medicated, miserable for years, almost 15 years. And so I was surprised that that was the venue she chose for her wedding. But I was talking about it with the queen and she goes, well, maybe she wants to create a new memory there and find the beauty in her home and kind of start a new chapter because she obviously loves her home. But now it's a new chapter for it, and it's something beautiful, a wedding. And so it was a star-studded event. She had Madonna there, which was pretty cool. I was cute that Madonna showed up for her wedding. With 60 people there, a lot of them were like huge stars. Drew Barrymore, Kathy, and Paris Hilton were both there. Selena Gomez. I was cute to see... Britney Spears just looking so happy and so beautiful in this dress. Even Donatella Versace showed up herself. I mean, it's pretty cool. And so, yeah, she ended up coming out in this horse-drawn carriage. If you follow Britney Spears on Instagram, then you know she's a fan of that old Victorian, romantic, Marie Antoinette, over-the-top, opulent style. She always posts stuff like that. Just like random flowers and shit that she finds and she'll post it. So her wedding had that feel to it. It was actually really beautiful. So good for them. I'm so happy for both Sam and Britney Spears. They're going to have a life together. And I don't know if they're going to make it in marriage. Marriages are tough. And the divorce rate is up to 50% right now. So it's a 50-50. Who knows? But regardless, I'm so happy for them. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy that Britney is free and she is getting married. The only weird thing I thought, which made me sad for her, was that her sons weren't there. Her boys weren't there to walk her down the aisle. She walked down the aisle by herself. Yeah, it made me kind of sad for her. I was like, oh, her sons should have been there to support their mama. I know she's had a really tough relationship with her boys. I remember at one point, her son went on Instagram Live. This was actually during the pandemic. And he was basically sharing information, private, very private information about his mom and her condition and what she's going through. And he was saying, like, if you follow me, on Instagram, if I get more followers, then I'll share more about my mom. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, that is terrible. I mean, oh, that little bastard, how dare you do that to your mama? So I know she's just been taken advantage of and used by just everybody in her life. Her mother, her father, her sister, hell, even her sons at one point. Although I know she loves her sons, but that was really tough, I'm sure, for her son to do something like that. So yeah, she didn't really have much of her family at all there. But I know the people she did have all love her, support her. And so that's great. So good for her. Yay for Britney. What else is happening in the world? Before we get into the last part of the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard toxic relationship saga. This is the finale episode. <laughs> oh, the Apple update. Oh, I'm so curious how you guys feel about that Apple update. Okay, so if you haven't heard about it, Apple is rolling out a software update where you are going to be able to unsend a text message. What? Unsending a text message? Kind of love it. I have mixed feelings about it. Okay, so I guess you can unsend a message, but 
according to this article on this Apple website that I found, it's like a techie type site. Let me read it to you. All right, this is an iOS 16 update. So you can long press on the message and then hit undo send and the new edit message option will work for up to 15 minutes after sending a message. Apple notes that when you try to unsend iMessages that were sent to someone running on iOS 15 or earlier, oh, somebody who didn't update their phone, which is a lot of people, I'm sure. I always lag on updates. (laughs) It says that that person may still be able to see the messages if they don't have the current software update. It says also something to keep in mind, if the person who received the original message has an updated phone is on iOS 16, then they will receive an alert in the text thread that the message has been unsent by the user. Oh, oh, wow. So it will say this person has unsent a message. That's what it says on Instagram if you unsend a message, but it doesn't say who unsent it. It just says a user unsent a message. This one will say specifically, Low Von Rumpf unsent a message to you. Oh, so you'll be fully aware if someone decides to unsend a message to you, even if you didn't get a chance to see it, which would drive me nuts, knowing that someone sent me something, I didn't see it, and then it says unsent. (gasps) Oh, the drama. Love it, though. I love the feature. I think it's great. There's so many times where I've sent something and then was like, oh, shit, that was not supposed to go to that person. Oh, my God. And so... Now I can unsend it. I think that's great in the long run. It will probably save people from being embarrassed. A lot of people. I'd rather explain, oh, sorry, and sent that rather than having to explain an awkward text message or, you know, a picture that sent that they shouldn't have gotten, something like that. Oh, yeah. How do you guys feel about it? Do you like that feature? I think it's cool if you're an iPhone user. Yeah, let me know how you guys feel about the new iOS unsending text message feature. If that's something that you're like, oh, you can get behind something like that, or it's bad news. Let me know. In Apple Podcasts, you could leave it in the review section or in the Facebook group. I'm so curious how my lowlifers feel about this Apple situation. All right, we have to get into Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. I've done two episodes on this, part one and part two. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one and part two, treat yourself. I break it down to all the highlights. It's more of an unbiased approach. And we're finishing it up with part three. This is the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp aftermath. I feel like we all have a bit of Amber Heard, Johnny Depp fatigue these days. (laughs) So uh, this episode, I'm going to give you a few of the highlights and then the aftermath, the implications of the verdict. And there's some news that has come out about the verdict. I mean, of course, we all know that Johnny Depp was basically found innocent, But there have been some updates like Amber Heard's lawyer going on a media tour to appeal the case and things like that. So we're going to cover it all. You'll be all up to date with the verdict, what happened in the last part of the trial, which there were some curveballs thrown in there. And of course, I'm going to talk about what this trial means for us today. I think it's bigger than just a case with two celebrities. So without further ado, let's get into part three of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard toxic relationship, the trial of the century. This is the finale. Hit it. All right, we did a part one, a part two of the trial, and now we are at the juiciest part of them all. Part three of the trial. Oh, it's the trial of the century. We're talking about Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Oh, my Lord. 
Oh, this journey we've been on, it's a three-week journey, which feels like three years. <laughs> it's been so intense, my God. I understand why the whole world was watching. I get it. This was a very salacious, juicy trial. It was filled with drugs, sex, rock and roll, Hollywood A-listers, betrayal. Oh, there were so many moving parts to it. I understand why so many people were vested in it. If you didn't have the hundreds of hours to devote to watching all of the court testimonies, don't you worry, boo-boo. I did it for you. You can listen to part one or part two of the trial. And now, of course, we're getting to part three. If you're enjoying me doing these, let me know. I'm having so much fun doing deep dives into trials. I love it. I would love to do more stuff like this, too. It's different for the podcast, but I'm having fun with it. What I wanted to do for this little mini-series, let's call it, of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial As I'm covering it, I wanted to present the most unbiased perspective for you guys, and I found it very difficult to do that while I was researching online. I was watching the case, I was watching YouTube videos, I was looking online, checking on social media, and everything that I saw, everything I was consuming, had a very strong opinion, very skewed in the favor of Johnny Depp. There were some sites that were also skewed towards Amber Heard, of course, but I didn't want a skewed version of perspective of someone's opinion. I just wanted the freaking facts. I want to present to you the highlights, the facts. Here they are. And now you can make your opinion based on the information presented to you. Now, of course, I'm going to have my opinions, but I just didn't want it to be such a strong bias. I'm not a big Johnny Depp fan. I'm not a Depp head, as they call themselves, or they also refer to themselves as the Deptford Housewives. (laughs) Deptford Housewives. That's actually pretty cute. Uh, Also not a big Amber Heard fan. The Heard nerds out there. I mean, Amber Heard's cool, whatever. She has great skin, but I'm not like obsessed with Aquaman. I've never even seen it. So yeah, I could honestly care less about either of these people, but I found the case itself to be very interesting. And so I was printing out those court transcripts. Oh yeah, I was highlighting shit. Felt like I was cramming for finals. (laughs) Hundreds of pages of court manuscripts to go through. And I was trying to find as much as I could online. I was talking to my panel of experts, my cabinet, if you will. I have some lawyer friends, so I was running it by them because they have a very unbiased perspective as well. Plus, it's interesting to get a legal perspective on this case, which I'll share what they said. It was really interesting. All right. So everybody already knows that Johnny Depp won. It's a very messy, confusing, what the is going on type of a win. But nonetheless, it's still a big win for Johnny Depp. Amber Heard has a tiny little bit of a win. Not really, though. It's pretty insignificant in the grand scheme of things. So Johnny Depp was awarded $15 million. The judge ended up changing the $15 million. She reduced that to $10.35 million. That's just based on Virginia state law. It limits punitive damages. And so he has a nice big chunk of $10.35 million change coming his way. And then Amber Heard was awarded $2 million in damages based on her defamation countersuit towards Johnny. So Johnny Depp was suing her for $50 million. She countersued him for $100 million. Now the dust is settled. She has to pay him $10 million. And then he has to pay her $2 million, which is a lot of money for Amber Heard. Oh, yeah. Plus all the legal fees. Like, oh, my Lord. Johnny Depp having to pay her $2 million is nothing. The guy's worth well over $300 million. So it's not that big of a deal for him. I'm curious what Amber Heard is going to do. Based on what her lawyer has said in interviews after the trial, Amber Heard can't pay that. She cannot afford it. She's going to appeal the verdict from the jury. 
Oh my God. Can you imagine she appeals this case? Oh, part two. <laughs> Here we go. I'm like, Amber, aren't you exhausted? Oh, it's so much work. I can't even imagine. Plus all of the lawyer fees that she'd have to pay to appeal it. And it goes to appeals court and Oh, that would be really messy. So I don't know how she's going to pay that money back. She'll probably declare bankruptcy. Depends on the assets that she has. I don't know if she got any of the homes and the divorce settlement with Johnny Depp, but regardless, you know what I think Johnny Depp should do? Because he got that $10 million settlement that Amber has to pay, he should require Amber Heard to pay him that money, but make all payments to charity. Because if you remember, Amber Heard lied about giving her divorce settlement to charity. Over $7 million was promised, pledged, quote unquote, to a charity. She lied about it though. She says it was pledged. I mean, she wanted to make it seem like it was just semantics when it came down to language. Like, well, I didn't say I gave them that money. I pledged it. So it's like a future promise, but come on now. She said on talk shows that she didn't take a cent and based on how she was talking about it, everybody was under the impression that she had given a big old chunk of change to charities, which is awesome if she were to have done that. That is actually really sweet to take her divorce settlement and give it to charity. Wow, that's amazing. She didn't though. And so I think it would be awesome if Johnny Depp just made her give that money to charity because he doesn't really need it. I don't think Johnny Depp is going to hold her to paying the money. But if he does, I hope he makes her pay it as a donation to charity, the ACLU and the Children's Hospital, which she just left hanging. She gave him some money. Well, she didn't. Elon Musk did. But anyway, yeah, she should definitely give that money to charity. And that would be cool if Johnny Depp did that. In talking with my lawyer friend, I was actually really surprised to learn a few things about this case. The first thing being, of course, that this was not Johnny Depp's first time at the defamation of character Rodeo. Oh no, Jack Sparrow has done this song and dance before. He had a defamation of character lawsuit in the UK, which I was aware of, but I didn't know that in the UK, it's actually easier to win a defamation character lawsuit. Johnny Depp had the odds stacked in his favor in the UK, and he lost that case, which is surprising because in past lawsuits against the Sun, they usually end up losing. The courts side with the plaintiff. So Johnny Depp should have won that one. He was suing the son for an article that was published that referred to him as a wife beater. I think it was actually on the front page. Johnny Depp is a wife beater. And so he sued him for that. And after looking at the evidence, the judge said, sorry, Johnny, you're not winning this one. We're giving a win to the son. They are justified in what they said about you based on the evidence presented. So Johnny Depp lost the case in the UK. Now, this is the first time he's suing Amber Heard but again, not his second defamation of character lawsuit. And the second thing I was really surprised to learn was when it comes to defamation of character lawsuits here, specifically in the States, Johnny Depp had the card stacked against him. He was not favored to win. If you're just looking at it from a lawyer's perspective, if you were to put money on it as a lawyer, yeah, Johnny Depp should not have won the case, but he did, which says a lot about his incredible legal team. Also, Amber Heard went into this case feeling pretty damn confident because Johnny Depp had already lost a defamation case in the UK against the Sun. And so with that, plus all of the evidence and videos and testimonials and all that, like, I think she thought she might have this in the bag. And for us as an audience to be able to witness everything going down in the courtroom is a real treat. According to my legal counsel, 
He was telling me that when it comes to defamation of character lawsuits here in the States, they usually settle out of court. And the reason why they either settle out of court or it's just private counsel, it's the judge, you got the plaintiff, the defendant, and no jury. A trial by jury is not common when it comes to defamation of character lawsuits because a lot of people don't want to air all their dirty laundry. Because when it comes to a defamation of character lawsuit, you could subpoena cell phone records, emails, all the private stuff that you wouldn't want anybody to see, yet alone a jury or the entire world. (laughs) All that shit is aired. All your dirty laundry comes out. And Johnny Depp wanting this to be a trial by jury that was also televised was very calculated on his point. And not a bad way. I think that Johnny Depp was at the point of his life where he had come to terms with the fact that he's a lot of things. He's going to be open about the fact that he does drugs. He is a raging alcoholic who is in recovery mode right now. He's a bit eccentric. He's a bit of a hoarder. He's a lot of weird things, but he's definitely not a wife beater. And so he's willing to air all of his dirty laundry and not look that great in the hopes of clearing his name and getting vindication, which he ended up doing. So that's good for him in that sense. But yeah, typically defamation of character lawsuits never play out like this. It would be settling outside of court, especially here in California with the anti-slap suit laws. These cases are quickly dismissed or they're forced to settle outside of court. And so the fact that this one went public is a very big deal. If people wonder, like, why is this even something we should care about? Well, also gives a really good sense of where we're at as a society, too. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I'm all about leveling up with my low lifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers I'm obsessed with. These are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style, and I was able to save some money. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot lowlife to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash lowlife. I love me a good edible moment. 
I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well. So if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies. 21 and over. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. So there were a lot of questions about the actual $2 million that Amber Heard was rewarded, but the reason why she got that tiny little victory was because of a quote that was published in the Daily Mail in April of 2020. So Adam Waldman, Johnny Depp's lawyer, gave this statement back in 2020 in regards to Amber Heard filing the restraining order against Johnny Depp and making allegations against him. And the reason why Johnny Depp is liable for this is because he was speaking on behalf of his client. So Johnny co-signed on what this guy was saying. And Adam Waldman said in the Daily Mail, quite simply, this was an ambush, a hoax. They set Mr. Depp up by calling the cops, but the first attempt did not do the trick. The officers came to the penthouses, thoroughly searched and interviewed and left after seeing no damages to face or property. So Amber and her friends spilled a little wine and roughed the place up, got their story straight under the direction of a lawyer and a publicist, and then placed a second call to 911. So when the jury was asked about that specific statement that was made by Johnny Depp's legal counsel in 2020, they had to decide, was that statement made in malice towards Amber Heard? And did it hurt her? Did it hurt her career? And the answer was, yeah, it was made in malice. And Johnny Depp was found guilty just of one count of defamation, which, again, is really not that big of a deal because they weren't even his direct words. And Amber Heard got slammed with the freaking $10 million. So no one's really paying attention to the fact that she got one tiny little win. On the last week of the trial, Johnny Depp's legal team had to really come out full swing, balls to the wall to discredit the hell out of every word that came out of Amber Heard's mouth. Because in week two, when Amber Heard took the stand, she had shared that bombshell testimonial about being raped. Being raped by Johnny Depp with a broken bottle, and he put his hand on her pelvis and and raped her several times in Australia. And she had never told anybody that and shared that on the stand. And so Johnny Depp actually took to the stand which I was surprised that he was going to be on the stand again because that wasn't the original plan. He decided to go back on the stand 
for one last time, which opens him up to being cross-examined, which got very heated. I'll play that for you in a sec. But they started week three by bringing up Morgan Tremaine. He's a former employee of TMZ. And so this employee of TMZ, he's a field reporter. So his job is to make sure there are paparazzi at specific venues where celebrities are going to be at. And a lot of the times, these are planned out. And so they wanted Morgan to get on the stand, Johnny Depp's legal team. They wanted him on the stand because they wanted to show the jury that Amber Heard was very calculated and she wanted to control that narrative of Johnny Depp being an abuser, even though she was telling Johnny Depp, oh my God, I can't believe it was leaked at DMZ. And so when she was asked under oath on a testimony back in 2016, she said, point blank, I did not call TMZ. I would never do that. I don't know how they found out. And this guy, Morgan Tremaine, who was a definite standout witness, and he really hurt Amber Heard's credibility for sure. And plus his testimony was pretty funny because he clapped back at Amber Heard's attorney when they were accusing him of seeking 15 minutes of stardom. Like he was getting on the stand from TMZ to report something about Amber Heard just to get his 15 minutes of stardom. So when he gets on the stand and he's cross-examined by Amber's team and she's asking him about, you know, you're doing this for publicity pretty much. This is what he claps back with. Here we go. You know this case is being televised, right? I, I am aware that there are cameras. And so this gets you your 15 minutes of fame, doesn't Objection, it? your honor. Argumentative. I, I can ask that question. Oh, ruled. Um, so I stand to gain nothing from this. I'm actually putting myself kind of in the target of TMZ, a very litigious uh, organization, and I'm not seeking any 15 minutes here. Though you may, you're welcome to speculate. I could say the same thing by taking Amber Heard as a client for you. A little argumentative, don't you think? So he's spicy. I like him. I'm glad that he went up there. And I honestly do believe this guy. So Mr. TMZ, Morgan gets on the stand and he says that Amber Heard filed for divorce from Johnny Depp at the Los Angeles County Courthouse. It's downtown L.A. The paparazzi were all there to take photos of her. And Amber Heard was there with a visible bruise on her face. And she just looked miserable. It was a really sad photo. If I remember when those photos came out, I was like, oh my God. But they were staged. Amber saying, absolutely not. They were not staged at all. And I can't believe the paparazzi captured those images of me with a bruise. <laughs> He's saying, uh-uh, mentiras, liar. That is not the case. It was planned in advance I was contacted by Amber Heard's team. I actually don't have paparazzi that regularly sit outside the Los Angeles courthouse. They're called for something like that. And so, yeah, they were called. It's business as usual. We, we do that all the time. And, and that's why Amber Heard had her publicist there. And that's why she was wearing no makeup on that side of her face to showcase the bruise. And it just seemed like it was very calculated on her end. So, of course, it goes against everything Amber Heard said recently about the paparazzi showing up, that they were unexpected. And then in 2016, in her deposition, under oath, she says the same thing, that she never contacted them. She had no idea. And yeah, I, she can't believe those pictures came out. She didn't know the paparazzi were going to be there. Just speaking from firsthand experiences here with my clients, I know that all of that shit is planned out in advance. Of course it is. This guy is not lying about it. It's all planned. Like, I literally have had fittings styling for my clients for paid paparazzi-type shots. Perfect example, I had one client, and she was doing a brand deal with Old Navy, right? She had a big campaign with Old Navy. She was getting paid a lot of money to wear Old Navy. Does she actually wear Old Navy? No, she doesn't wear Old Navy. So she came to me, had me style her, <laughs> had me style her in a really cute outfit, 
and I had to incorporate one Old Navy piece in the outfit. So she wore the outfit, and her publicist was telling me that she's going to be, quote-unquote, leaving a coffee bean, running errands, that type of paparazzi shot. We're scheduling the paparazzi to be there on Wednesday at you know 10 a.m. at this coffee bean on sunset. So we want to make sure her outfit, her hair, makeup, everything is popping. She looks great because she's going to be photographed, and then we're going to make sure we include Get the Look for Less in Us Weekly, and everybody's in on it. The photographers, me as the stylist, the publicist, agent, I got paid, everybody's making money, even the magazine. Old Navy's an advertiser in the magazine, so they're getting paid, so they want to make sure they get the Old Navy placement. Oh, it's all a business. It's all planned out. Now, granted, sometimes they are spontaneous paparazzi shots, but Those are usually like super big stars, you know, like Lady Gaga is leaving a Whole Foods or something. Sometimes you'll get a very candid shot of a celebrity with like no makeup and, you know, looking like the rest of us, like wearing sweats and shit. But for a lot of the times, if not most of the times, the celebrity, the talent, whoever's being photographed is fully aware. It's very planned out. And there were calls being made. They know they're going to be photographed. I've had publicists over the last 10 years, so many who have called and said, oh, I have a paparazzi moment scheduled for this client on this night. We want to have another one on this day. Or hell, sometimes they'll even ask me, like, do I have a connection with TMZ or any of the paparazzi, Getty Images, Wire Image, any of those? And they'll want my contact, which I don't work exclusively with any of those photographers. So I don't actually have any of those contacts. But most publicists, agents, managers, they do. And they talk to them all the time. So that's what this guy was saying. So Morgan's testimony from TMZ does hurt Amber Heard's credibility and makes her look like she was lying. I uh, dispatched camera people to a parking lot adjacent to a law office in which she would be arriving to. So we could get the uh, footage of her arriving for the deposition. Do you typically send paparazzis to parking lots of law offices? No, not at all. Did you get the shot of Ms. Heard on August 6, 2016? We did. After August 6, 2016, were you involved in any other stories involving Ms. Heard? Yes, I was. And what story was that? Um, on the 12th, we received a video um, depicting um, Johnny Depp um, slamming some cabinets that was captured by Ms. Heard. And what day was that? I believe that was the t- August 12th. Of 2016? Of 2016, yes. So this guy's saying that not only did Amber Heard's team plan the paparazzi shots for the restraining order when that was filed, the divorce when she filed for divorce, and then also Amber Heard herself leaked videos, private videos of Johnny Depp to TMZ of him slamming doors and you know being inebriated, drunk, and wanted those to go public. Ooh, that again didn't look good for this queen. I wish that Amber Heard had just said, you know what? Yeah, I did call TMZ and I lied about it in 2016 because I was embarrassed, but I'm telling the truth right now. I actually did call them and I wanted to be open about the fact that, yeah, I was being abused and I wanted to shine light on it and I wanted to be open about it. But like most people who go through domestic abuse, I know there's a lot of shame associated with it. So I didn't know if I should share the fact that I've been abused or not, and or if I had told TMZ or not, and I just froze up and I got nervous. Just give him something like that. Just honesty. Yes, like that's a flaw. You are flawed. However, I feel like if the jury had heard her say something like that, it would have made her way more credible rather than this Snow White, pure Disney princess angel front 
that her team, her legal team, is really trying to put out there that she has like no culpability. It's literally all Johnny Depp and zero Amber. So I think that was a bit of a misstep. But sometimes if you dig yourself too deep and a lie, you're you're almost just stuck in it and you just got to ride it out type of a thing. So maybe that was her idea behind that. I don't know. But it was very obvious that like, yeah, she might have not called them directly, but her team did. And she knew they were going to be there. Is your New Year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one? As a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that will make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Time-saving and convenient without compromise. Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it, and you will too. It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right, the quality is unmatched. I love it, my kids love it, the grandparents love it, and I know all you low-lifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family, and it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. So week two, Amber dropped this bombshell testimonial about being raped in Australia. It's very graphic. It's very tough to watch or listen to. I give a trigger warning when I talk about it in part two of this series we're doing here, but it was just really intense. So I was on the edge of my seat wondering, how is Johnny Depp going to respond to such horrendous, vile allegations made against him? So he takes the stand and he responds to those allegations. And this is what Johnny Depp had to say about Amber Heard dropping that testimonial bombshell about being raped in Australia. All right, here we go. It horrible, um, ridiculous, humiliating, ludicrous, painful, savage, un, unimaginably brutal, cruel, and all false. All false. Um, I wanted, no human being is perfect, certainly not, none of us, but I have never in my life committed sexual battery, physical abuse, all these outlandish, outrageous stories of me committing these things and living with it for six years and waiting to be able to bring the truth out. So this is not uh, easy for any of us. I know that. 
But um, uh, no matter what happens, I did get here and I did tell the truth. So Johnny is saying that everything Amber said was completely made up, completely false. He never did any of those things. There, there was no sexual battery, no sexual assault, definitely not rape. And any sex that they did have between them was 100% consensual between both partners. He opens himself up on the stand to, of course, cross-examination. And I have to say, I have not been a fan of Amber Heard's legal team, but this was the first time that they ever brought the sauce into cross-examination. They got a little spicy with Johnny Depp, and it was the first time I have ever seen Johnny Depp shaking in his Jack Sparrow boots a little bit. You could see him getting a bit flustered because what they were bringing to his attention were text messages that he clearly wrote. One was to his sister, who has a production company. Another was to a friend of his. And the things that he was saying don't necessarily paint Johnny Depp in the best light. You can tell when you're watching the trial that he's a bit frazzled when they're lobbing these questions his way. And his response when these text messages are read aloud in the courtroom. Now, these were text messages that were released by Johnny Depp's own legal team. And so the fact that Johnny Depp responds to some of these text messages when asked about them with, I didn't write that, that's not me, it's not very believable. Mr. Depp, on February 22nd, 2017, you texted Mr. Duders right exactly Molly's pussy is rightfully mine. Should I not just bust in and remove its hinges tonight? Did I read that right? You read it right. And the one beneath that, you say, I want to change her understanding of what it is like to be thrashed about like a pleading mackerel. And then in all caps, you write, I need, I want, I take. Did I read that right? You read it right. But I did not write that. Okay. Perhaps someone else. You wrote every other text that you produced that came from you in this litigation, didn't you? Not necessarily. Sometimes you give your people your phone to people and they Now when you got off The relationship between Amber and Johnny, from his perspective, what his legal team has said is he did not want this to get litigious. He wanted it to settle. She can go her way, he can go his way, and it didn't need to get as ugly as it got. And when you hear some of these text messages, you might think differently about that. I think he was telling the truth in the beginning when he filed for divorce. He didn't want it to get as messy and blow up as it now did. But at some point, Johnny Depp was ready to do battle and he was pissed. And this could have been in a fit of rage when he found out what she was doing to him. And that's his you know, response. Regardless of what provoked this type of venom that he sent, it's not a good look. So this is what is shared in the courtroom when Johnny Depp is cross-examined by Amber Heard's legal counsel. And in this text, Mr. Depp, you said, she's begging for total global humiliation. She's going to get it. I'm going to need your texts about San Francisco, brother. I'm even sorry to ask, but she sucked Mollusk's crooked dick and he gave her some shitty lawyers. I have no mercy, no fear, and not an ounce of emotion or what I once thought was love for this gold-digging, low-level, dime-a-dozen, mushy, pointless, dangling, overused, flappy fish market. I'm so fucking happy she wants to go to fight this out. She will hit the wall hard, and I cannot wait to have this waste of a cum guzzler out of my life. 
I met a fucking sublime little Russian here, which made me realize the time I blew on that 50 cent stripper. I wouldn't touch her with a goddamn glove. I can only hope that karma kicks in and takes the gift of breath from her. Sorry, man, but now I will stop at nothing. Let's see if Mollusk has a pair. Come see me face to face. I'll show him things he's never seen before, like the other side of his dick when I slice it off. Did I read that right? You did. Damn, Johnny, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> it's so intense. So the mollusk dick he's referring to is Elon Musk, who Amber Heard dated after Johnny Depp, and he's been bankrolling. I think he's paying for some of her legal fees, too. She has a child that could be with him. We don't know who the father of Amber Heard's baby is, but it's rumored to be Elon's. So what I think Johnny Depp is doing in that statement that was read in court is he's all driven by ego in there. And he's just measuring his dick against Elon's dick. <laughs> it's a dick measuring contest. It just sounds like a guy who has a lot of rage inside him. Wouldn't care if Amber Heard were to literally die, take her last breath, and he's going for blood in the courtroom. That's what that statement says. And of course, Johnny Depp's legal team argued that that was taken out of context which is kind of like when earlier in week one of testimonials, when Johnny Depp is confronted about the fact that he said in a text message to his best friend that he wanted to have sex with Amber Heard's dead, lifeless body after he drowned her, and then he's going to light her on fire. And he said that while they were dating. Like that was in the marriage bliss phase before it all went to shit. <laughs> so... His response to saying something so insane like that was, it was a Monty Python reference. It's taken out of context. I was referencing a skit from Monty Python. This one taken out of context, it's hard to do that. I don't know what comedic skit he could be referring to. I don't think there is one. I think he's just pissed off and ripping his now ex-wife to shreds and talking to their mutual agent about it. Amber Heard's team also brings up text messages that Johnny Depp had sent to his sister. Now, his sister runs his production company. And the production company, of course, they have relationships with all of the different studios. And so Johnny Depp's sister is very well connected. And she will broker the deals between Universal, Warner Brother, Disney, that sort of thing. And then any projects that Johnny Depp wants to take on. So he messages his sister about getting Amber Heard fired from Aquaman. Which question would you like me to handle first? Sir? One question, sir. You tried to get her fired from the Aquaman after the temporary restraining order, didn't you? Um, well, what is related to the story about me getting it just, her... Yes, yes or no, Mr. Depp. I, I don't... It, so I didn't ask what, what related down to what yes story no related to. Times. I, I can't please you with a yes or a no every single it's time. A, it's a yes or no question, Mr. Depp. You tried to get Ms. Heard fired, didn't you? Answer's no. All right, let's pull up um, Exhibit 821. Is that Mr. Depp, trying is to get this, her fired? This is, a, this is a text message that you had with your sister, Christy Dembrowski. She's the first witness in this case, right? She Number doesn't one. work at Warner Brothers. She you can't fire Amber. Yeah. This is a text message you had with her on June 4th, 2016, isn't it? Um, June 4th, yes. <clears throat> and on June 4th, 2016, Mr. Depp, you texted your sister, I want her replaced on that WB film. Did I read that right? You did. Her is referring to Amber, right? That's correct. And WB is Warner Brothers, correct? Again, correct, yes. And then after you sent this text to your sister, 
following the temporary restraining order, you reached out to Guy Silverstein to have him fire Amber, correct? Who? Uh, uh, Greg Silverstein, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't recall reaching out to Greg Silverstein. You reach out to Sue Crawl to get to fire Ms. Hurd, um, right? I had vetted Ms. Hurd. No, I had vetted Ms. Hurd. Mr. Depp, you got your chance Warner to speak Brothers this morning. Had, Your Honor, I'd, Warner Brothers had two franchises. Mr. Depp, if you could just answer the question, sir. Next question. You reached out to Greg Silverstein to get him to, to try to get Amber fired from Aquaman, didn't you? Second half of your question is wrong, sir. You reached, reached out, out to Sue Kroll. because I vetted her. No, 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 M Mr. Depp. You reached out to Sue Kroll well, to like get her, her to, to, to try to get her to uh, help you get Amber fired from Aquaman, didn't you? No. And you reached out to Kevin Sujahara to try to get him to help you get Amber fired from Aquaman, didn't you? No. So clearly Johnny Depp wanted Amber to get fired off of Aquaman. And he has the power to do something like that. He knows the right people. And I actually understand why he'd want to do that. <laughs> I would want to do that too. If someone was coming after me and accusing me of things that weren't necessarily true and trying to ruin my life, sure. But Johnny Depp is saying he never did that. Those text messages, you know, he said that sometimes it's his assistant texting for him. And sure, on some occasions, but not necessarily on those. Johnny Depp's team also had an acting coach come in and testify. And this acting coach said that Amber Heard crying on the stand, the cry was not real. It wasn't believable. It's very performative. And also just in her own work that she does on camera, she has a tough time crying, which uh, was another blow to Amber Heard's team because Amber Heard was really crying and just, you know, it wasn't a pretty cry. She had the boogers, you know, snot in the nose, the eyes were swollen. She was really just letting it out on the stand. And so for Johnny Depp's team to call an acting coach and basically say, yeah, what she was doing was 100% performative, that was also tough. And those were the real highlight-type moments in the last part of the trial, of course, the closing arguments happened. Oh, there was one moment where Camille is cross-examining Amber Heard. And it got very intense. She makes the insinuation to Amber that she only got the job because of Johnny Depp. And she was going real hard on Amber Heard. And a lot of people didn't like that. I actually posted a clip on Instagram, on my reels, of Camille just going in on Amber and people were upset that I posted. I got some angry DMs. So I shared that clip and the pushback that I got, people were upset because they didn't like the fact that she's being praised on my Instagram, Camille's being praised, for insinuating a woman can't get herself an acting role. Like it's not a good look to share something like that. Other people said, I think Camille is badgering Amber Heard on the stand. And I spoke to a couple lawyers about it and that's Camille's job, not to badger, but to break down Amber Heard's testimony. And so I was just showcasing the fact that, one, Amber Heard, yeah, she could get a job on her own, but let's just be real with it. Amber Heard would not have gotten that role if it weren't for status, privilege, and of course, Johnny Depp. You got to know the right people. She's not necessarily the best actress for the job. There's a million great actresses out there. She was just right place, right time, sleeping with the right person. That's just politics. That's unfortunately the way Hollywood, and a lot of other industries work. And so I actually like the fact that Camille had the balls to call her out on something like that. I thought it was very honest, refreshingly honest. And we're not pretending you got the job because you've just been hustle and grinding and went to a bunch of auditions. 
No, you know the right people, you make the right phone calls, and you get offered the right role. I have enough friends and clients in this godforsaken industry that would say the exact same thing. And so so anyway, I posted that not to discredit women in general. No, of course not. But specifically in that situation, in this case, Camille was doing a great job of cross-examining, and I was highlighting that. And I also think it's exciting to highlight a Latina who's strong, composed, educated, very well-spoken. She's doing a great job on this case. Hell, she just won the case for Johnny Depp. And it's amazing because, well, Latinas only make up 2% of the legal profession. So she's very inspiring to many people because that's also something that's come into question is why are people praising Camille Vasquez? She ain't that great. Well, she actually is pretty damn great. She's killing the game. And so I was just highlighting that. I love seeing a strong Latina doing her thing in a profession that's dominated by everything but Latina. So good for her. Which brings us to our closing arguments in this case. And Camille gave the closing arguments for Johnny Depp, of course. And so so she posed the question to the jury that you either believe these horrid incidents, the most horrendous things you could ever imagine happening to a woman. You could either believe those happened or you believe that there is a woman sitting here willing to say and do anything at all costs to save her reputation, to save her own ass. They stressed the point that Amber was very calculating. She wanted to control the narrative and stressed the point that she was in fact the abuser and Johnny Depp was the victim, not Amber Heard. Camille really wanted to emphasize to the jury that Johnny Depp was abused by Amber Heard. And of course they shared that audio where Amber Heard does admit to hitting Johnny Depp. And you can just tell in this audio just how toxic this couple is together i said to travis i said no i said to you hey tell travis what just happened oh you told me to do it you told me to you said go do that i said no tell him what just happened and i lied and that you punched me in the fucking thing you You figured it out and you said no fuck it no i didn't what the fuck are you talking about and i I watched you you. lie and then i I didn't punch you by the way you i'm sorry that i didn't uh uh hit you across the face in a proper slap, but I was hitting you. It was not punching you. Babe, you're not punched. Don't tell me what it feels like to be punched. You, you know, even a lot of fights have been around a long time. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, when you fucking have a close You face. didn't get punched. You got hit. I'm sorry I hit you like this, but I did not punch you. I did not fucking deck you. I fucking was hitting you. I don't know what the motion of my actual hand was, but you're fine. I did not hurt you. I did not punch you. I was hitting you. How are you? What am I supposed to do? Do this? I'm not sitting here bitching about it, am I? You are. That's the difference between me and you. You're a fucking baby. Because you start. You are such a baby. Grow the fuck up, Johnny. I did start a physical fight. Yeah, you did, so I had because, to get the fuck out of there. Yes, you did. So you did the right thing, the big thing. The, you know what? You are admirable. When Amber Heard fought with Johnny Depp, at one point she said, go ahead, Johnny, see if the judge, the jury, will believe you. Let him see, like, it's a fair fight. Because it's obviously not a fair fight is what she was getting at because, you know, he's a grown man and, and she's smaller than him and a woman. And so, of course, they shared that audio as well. I really did think I was going to lose my life, and I thought you would do it on accident. And I told you that. I said, oh my God, I thought the first time. Amber, I, I lost a fucking finger, man. Come on. I had a fucking, I had a fucking, a mineral, can, a jar, can of mineral spirits thrown at my nose. I, I, you can please tell people that it was a fair fight and see what the judge... 
See what the jury judge thinks. Tell the world, Johnny. Tell them, Johnny Depp. I, Johnny Depp, man, I'm, I'm a victim too of domestic violence. And yes. I, you know, it's a fair fight. And see how many people believe or side with you. And my takeaway from this trial, because we already know what the jury thinks, and they don't believe Amber Heard. That's why Johnny Depp won this case. The jury was made up of five men and two women, and they didn't believe a damn word that Amber Heard said. So much so that they awarded Johnny Depp over $10 million in punitive damages. All right, so let's go over the positives based on the outcome of this trial. There aren't many positives, if any at all, (laughs) for sake i'm trying to find something over here jeez some sort of silver lining a takeaway i guess some sort of a takeaway could be the fact that we're even having this conversation we're talking about domestic abuse and domestic violence that's important i think the open dialogue is healthy that's a good thing i understand how difficult it could be for somebody who has gone through hell and back and has experienced any sort of abuse in a relationship oh this is going to be so triggering for those people I completely empathize and understand that feeling that you must be experiencing right now. At the same time, having the open dialogue, having this conversation, it's on the mainstream media news, it's all over social media. People are just talking about domestic abuse, domestic violence. And that conversation is really important to have, especially because anytime this topic comes up, it's very hush-hush, it's always veiled in secrecy, there's so much shame and stigma associated especially with the victims of domestic abuse and domestic violence. And so I'm glad we're able to have these conversations. That's some sort of a step in the right direction. I guess another win would be for the Johnny Depp super fans out there. All the little Johnny Depp super fans, the Depp heads, the Deppford housewives or whatever they call themselves. Oh, they're celebrating right now. If you love Johnny Depp, then yes, you'll be very happy because he was vindicated. He won the case. Yay for Johnny. He went into this, an A-list actor, very rich, and he's leaving this court case, an A-list actor, even richer. (laughs) So he can continue to entertain us all, make movies. Maybe he'll come out with a Edward Scissorhands sequel or a a Willy Wonka part two. I don't know. He'll just make something cool, and I'm sure people will be very excited. The Johnny Depp fans are alive and well. Damn, they came out strong for him on this one. I don't look at this case as a win-win for anybody. I think it's more of a lose-lose situation. The trial, the verdict by the jury, the whole entire thing. It's a loss for Johnny, for Amber, and for society as a whole. That's how I really feel about it. And this is why. When it comes to Johnny Depp, he's an actor that's from another era in my book. That's how I look at Johnny Depp. There are certain actors like Tom Cruise, Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts, Sally Field... Johnny Depp, he's in there too. Jack Nicholson. These are actors who have been famous for a very long time. They were famous well before social media was even a thing. And there's a bit of mystery associated with these actors, which is probably what added to their fame and their prestige and why we put them on pedestals. We didn't really know what was happening in their personal lives. I didn't know that Tom Cruise was a weirdo Scientologist until, I mean, recently when, you know, social media and documentaries were starting to become popular and I watched one and I was like, oh, shit. Really, Tom? That's what you believe? Okay. I mean, you're great in Top Gun, but a little weird on the off-screen time. And so (laughs) we didn't know much about these stars. And that mystery is what kind of captivated a lot of audiences. We just fell in love with their characters. 
on these big movies and kind of assume that they're kind of like their characters, which I do believe Johnny Depp is a bit like Jack Sparrow at times with a mixture of Edward Scissorhands. And now here's Johnny Depp, this celebrated actor with these beloved characters that we've grown up with, and we're seeing this velvet curtain. He's been always with this air of mystery around him, and we pull that velvet curtain back, and you take away the fame, take away Johnny Depp's good looks, the money, all the notoriety, the movies, and you just see the man, who Johnny Depp is in his personal life when you take everything else away. And what I see is a really flawed individual, just like the rest of us not putting him on a pedestal. He's human. He's flawed. He's going through hell with drug addiction, alcoholism. That's a really deadly disease to deal with. It's brutal. It's like a monkey on your back. You can't get rid of it. You know, he's relapsed a bunch of times with alcoholism. I also see this guy who is clearly very insecure. He could be very jealous and territorial at times. He's eccentric and he's lonely. And he goes to film a movie years ago And he's having trouble with his then relationship. He was with Vanessa Paradis for well over a decade. They were having some tough times in their relationship. And he goes to film this movie and he meets this young up-and-coming actress. She's 23 years younger than him. She's beautiful. She's spicy. She's sexy. It's lust at first sight. Toxic from the moment they got in a relationship. He leaves his then partner, Vanessa, goes into a relationship, ends up marrying Amber Heard. And it is toxic from the start. They brought out the worst in each other. That's why I think this is a lose-lose situation. Both Amber and Johnny Depp are both so flawed. They both were abusive to each other in their own right. Johnny Depp was mentally, verbally, emotionally abusive. If you've been in a relationship with an alcoholic, all alcoholics are different. But one thing I know from experience when I've been in a relationship with one is I remember he would have these explosive episodes get blackout, belligerent, and drunk, and not remember a damn thing about it. And the things that were said and done while he was in that drunk bender state were so dark. Oh, it was really twisted. And I know a couple people who are also dealing with drug abuse and alcoholism. And what I've seen when they're in that drunken state is f***ing terrifying. It was something I'll never forget. I've, I've seen a lot of it, and it really shook me to my core. And so... I was surprised that Johnny Depp could even recollect anything on that stand. I'm like, how is your brain not completely fried by this point? You've done so many drugs, had so much alcohol in your system. How many benders? He's lived his life like a rock star. And so I'm like, how do you remember anything, Johnny? And I'm sure it was a little bit foggy for him at times. And so that's why when it comes to what he's saying, what Amber is saying as well, I think they both lied on the stand. Actually, I know they both lied on the stand for different things, and the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Everyone could agree that they brought out the worst in each other, and it was just so toxic. Johnny Depp was very territorial, possessive of Amber Heard, and she was the same way towards him. And I understand why Johnny Depp was like that. Oh, I get why, in the back of his mind, he was never okay with her being on set with other men, why he hated James Franco, why he never wanted her to do any sort of romantic scenes is because that's exactly how we met Amber. She fell head over heels for him, and the rest is toxic history. And so if she's going to be on set with another leading man and there's chemistry with a guy or a woman because she is bisexual, well, he's not going to be okay with it. He was always paranoid, and he was lonely, and he surrounded himself with a bunch of takers. You could see that in his life. Everybody in his life is like living off the guy, taking from him. I mean, they really took advantage of his kindness and his generosity, 
He really gave a lot to the people in his life, and he continues to do that. Amber Heard also took a lot of advantage of him in that regard. So when I see them as a couple, I'm like, oh my God, they were just so messed up for different reasons and so wrong to both of each other on both sides. Really, though, they're both definitely narcissists. And there's people out there who are like, oh, Amber Heard is the literal worst. And I actually understand where they're coming from. She's not a nice person. She's clearly manipulative, very entitled. She's mean to people. I don't think she's inherently a very good person. She's someone I wouldn't want to do brunch with, but I'll tell you this much. People are shocked by Amber Heard's behavior, the way she conducted herself when all of these different testimonies came out. Like, oh my God, she's the literal worst. I just want to let you guys know, I'm sure you're very aware, but like a lot of these actresses that you see, a lot of them are like Amber Heard's. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I've known a lot of them. I've worked very closely with them. I've been friends with them. And I'm like, oh, shit. You are literally Amber Heard 2.0 over here. Yeah, I'm sure they're shaking in their stilettos watching everything go down because they're like, oh, my God, like, that's me. Or maybe they're so narcissistic that they don't even realize that that's exactly who they are. But there are a lot of beautiful, well-put-together, popular, just stunning-type actresses out there who are literal nightmares in real life. And so everything you see is all a facade. It's all smoke and mirrors. It is all a lie. And Amber Heard is one of those people too. And that's being exposed. But even if you think Amber Heard lied about every single thing, she's a pathological liar. She's a complete narcissist. She's just the literal worst human being ever. Even if you believe all of that, I still am not okay with the amount of hate and vitriol that she is getting right now. I think that's over the top, I think it's misogynistic. It's just too much. It makes me uncomfortable, and I don't think it's right. And if you really look at all this hate she's getting on social media and all the different websites, there's so much bias already against her from the moment this case started. But if you look at all of that, the ones who are being hurt the most by it are the actual victims of domestic abuse and domestic violence. They're the ones who feel like their voices will not be able to be heard. They're not going to want to come forward if they've been abused. There's no way. It really sets the bar back for victims of domestic abuse and domestic violence. It really sets the bar back for women, for being believed. Even if you think Amber is a liar, it doesn't mean that she needs to have the death threats. It doesn't mean it's okay to threaten the life of her, her baby. It doesn't mean it's okay to say, like, let's burn her like a witch. No, like, that's not cool. And so I'm not okay with that. And I'm especially not okay with it because if there's anyone out there who is going through hell right now and is too afraid to speak out because they're with a, a powerful partner who could take them down, you know, whether it be male or female, and they're going through it, once they speak up, they are going to think in the back of their mind, oh, God, someone's just going to say, you're Amber Heard 2.0. Oh, you're Amber Heard over here. Where are your pictures? Where are the medical records? If you don't have that, then rape didn't happen. That's not cool. And that's why it makes me really sad how this case has gone down because it really sets the bar back for those actual victims. And so I'm saddened by that. And I look at this case, which is hurting those people, which is not good for us as a society. Really, though, it feels a bit backwards. And so I'm not going to be celebrating like, yay, Johnny Depp is vindicated. No, I'm not doing that. I think when the dust settles and we really look at this case, it comes down to who had the better lawyer, who had the stronger legal team. And I know that they both lied on the stands at one point. And so it really comes down to who was the better actor. And of course, Johnny Depp prevailed. He was the better actor. So boom, 
Oscar goes to you, Johnny Depp. Enjoy your win, if you want to call it that. You know what I mean? And that's the end of this saga. That's the end of this case, you know? Until it goes to the appeals court, I don't know if Amber Heard is willing to go through the appeals process. We shall see. But it's been a wild journey to be on, and I cannot wait for the next case that you guys want me to cover. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We got some great shows coming in hot for you, my kings and queens. My little Canadian maple delight, Miss Caitlin Bristow. She'll be on the podcast. She just touched down in LA, so I definitely want to record with her. I got King Jason Tardick coming on the podcast for a little J-Lo bromance reunion and some other great guests I cannot wait to introduce you to. I love doing this show. I'm having so much fun with it. Literally would not be able to do this show if it weren't for you, though, the listener. I love getting input from you guys. You'll suggest different guests to have on, topics to dive into, people that you want me to have conversations with, and I'm open to all of it. You want me to dive into a murder case? Let's freaking do it. I'll put my freaking Barbara Walters investigative reporter Pantalones back on if you'd like me to. I just love getting feedback from my listeners because this show is for you. I love doing it and it's for you. So just let me know what you want me to cover on it. And I'm down to go down the rabbit hole, whatever rabbit hole that may be. I'm still getting the hang of this whole podcast thing. Thank God for the low life Facebook group. I get such great feedback there too. And always am asking for opinions. When it comes to doing this podcast though, I got my training wheels on and I'm just figuring it out as I go. And what I've learned is to keep this little shit show afloat. The number one thing that helps. It's a game changer. It makes a huge impact on the podcast, especially up and coming little shit shows like the Low Life Podcast. If you love a podcast and you want to support it, the best way to support it. One is, of course, using the sponsor codes. Of course, that helps because it keeps our sponsors happy. You're using the sponsor codes, boom, they're rebooking with us. And that's what actually helps the podcast stay afloat financially. So thank you for that. And another huge way to help this podcast is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, which I don't think people realize is so impactful, but it really is. I have listeners who have left several reviews, so thank you for leaving that weekly comment drop. It really helps with the analytics, the algorithm, the numbers. It helps suggest the podcast to other people. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for taking the time to leave that review on Apple Podcasts because it is such a game changer. So thank you. And these reviews could be anything you want them to be. You could leave a little dick emoji, throw a couple little hearts and a salsa dancer my way, a tamale or two, or you could actually write something. Anything is welcomed. As long as you give those five stars, leave an actual review. It helps a lot. It makes a difference on this podcast. So thank you for doing that. And I want to show my gratitude to my listeners who actually take the time to do that and have left several reviews. Thank you for doing that. And so the Low Life Gifting Suite is open for business. It's open. I got great gifts, hyaluronic serums, beauty products, shit you didn't know you need from Amazon, gifts from our sponsors, gift cards, even have a little gas card for a Shell gas station. (laughs) So gas is crazy expensive. Here's a tank of gas on me. And so if you want a chance to win a little something, something, I might just be sliding into your DMs and sending you a gift from the Low Life Gifting Suite. So if you want a chance to win some free shit, all you got to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts, but make sure you put your Instagram handle somewhere in the review so I could find you, and then I might just be sliding into your DMs. I want to shout out some listeners who have taken the time to write reviews on Apple Podcasts. All right, here we go. 
All right, first one up is coming in hot from Abigail Gamble. Oh, I love that name, Abigail Gamble. It sounds so dignified. Abigail writes, a warm cup of coffee with five stars. I love this podcast so much. It makes me feel like I'm just sipping on a warm cup of coffee, listening to Lowe and his thoughts. Also, the only coverage of the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial that I could actually understand. Thoroughly enjoy it. Oh, Abigail, thank you for that. Well, I hope you liked this week's episode. I didn't disappoint you. (laughs) This was part three, and I love that you were enjoying that trial. I had so much fun recording those episodes. All right, next review comes from at... Love buns. <laughs> Love buns, right? In my bubble with five stars. Thank you for being a part of my bubble. I've jumped around, but I have started to listen to the beginning. So far, every episode has touched my soul, Low. Aw. You just reach through my AirPods and give my heart a warm hug. Thank you for some free counseling sessions. I've had to transform my whole life, building my bubble, one boundary at a time. XOXOXO from Love Buns. Oh, you lovely little bun. I'm so glad you're enjoying this podcast, especially for new listeners, because this podcast started for me when I was in a deep depression during the pandemic. (laughs) So as the world started to open up and I had no work or anything. Yeah, so my OG lowlifers have truly been part of this journey. And my God, it's gotten very vulnerable, ups and downs and a little bit messy along the way. But I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I am honored to be part of your little bubble. (laughs) All right, we have time for one more review. This one is coming in hot from at Coco K123. Coco K123 writes... I cannot love low more. Longtime listener here and second time reviewer. <gasps> Thank you, Queen. Second review. Appreciate you. I look forward to Lowe's podcast the most each week and continue to fall more and more in love with his personality, hot takes, and all that he has to share with the world. I especially get a kick out of the little sound effects, clips of music that are so perfectly woven in, like the record scratch for something questionable and celebratory. Yay! Keep it up, Lo. Thanks for making me laugh and smile. And she gave me a little merman emoji with a little heart. Oh, thank you for that. Coco K, one, two, three. I appreciate the fact that you enjoy the little sound effects and sound bites that I include because so much thought goes behind putting them in there. So thank you for that. And I also owe a lot of that to my editor who has the best timing and knows just when to add the perfect little sound effect to make the episode or the joke so much funnier. Thank you for appreciating those. I love putting them in. Yeah, I'm having fun with it. (laughs) And on that note, I hope you have a beautiful weekend ahead. Maybe have yourself a delicious little pineapple margarita with some tahini around the rim. Pamper yourself. Maybe get a pedicure. Got to wear those open-toe shoes. It's sandal season. Make sure your toes are looking cute right now. Maybe have yourself a nice big glass of wine. But don't forget to drink your water, puta. We, we love, love you, you and we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys. <laughs>